and time is now uh, nine minutes past two o'clock and you're listening to the one two three show with me noreen Mir, on this tuesday afternoon and in keeping with the food and drinks theme i'm really delighted to be joined on the line by andrew dambina andrew it's great to speak to you how are you doing Good to speak to you at this um, little bit chillier time of the year, Noreen. How I'm, you doing? I'm absolutely freezing, and because uh, <laughs> really <laughs> freezing, <laughs> freezing. Don't overplay it. You won't believe it. So, in the Admiralty studio, I mean, how big is the room I'm in right now? I'd say about yeah. about fifty square feet. I want to say fifty to sixty. So it's not. It's yeah, not very it's a big. Studio. Yeah, it's a little mm. studio. It's, it's not very big at all. And somebody, I guess, a technician, is just sort of slapped on the air conditioner button, saying, "Do not turn off. The console will overheat. So we're not allowed to turn it off." And so I've got the aircon sort of blasting over my oh, right. my head right now. I've sort of cheated oh, right. a little bit. I didn't turn it off, but I did turn it down. So well. Okay, don't tell the tech, but but, but, that, but then you're you're gonna well then this this topic that we're about to discuss is bang on for you in your chilly studio. I was I, I wanted to talk about warming food and drinks today, Noreen. So it's I mean it's it, I was gonna say I mean your situation's a bit different. I was gonna say it's getting a little bit chilly um, these days, isn't it? A month ago there was a a cold surge for two or three days, then it got went back to being mild again. But a few days ago, uh, even outside of your studio, the temperature dropped uh, a bit. And uh, today, to be honest, it's not really that cold. But anyhow, we know that there will be some chilly days in store for us uh, between now and, you know, Chinese New Year or so, uh, as global warming has not quite killed off the Hong Kong winter just yet. So the question is, yeah. I was going to say, absolutely. I mean, the the air temperature outside, according to the Hong Kong Observatory, is 19 degrees Celsius. We have a thermometer in the studio right now, and it says 13 degrees. So I'm I'm really cold, to say the least. And I'm wearing three layers. I'm wearing a massive jacket and a hat. But anyway, don't worry. By the end of of today, I'll be sort of immune to the cold. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, Noreen. Did the black did the black in tomorrow? Did the black cheese did the black cheese warm you up? <laughs> it did, but that was before the show. It's absolutely delicious. I, I I've never tried anything like that before. And, I hadn't heard of it. Uh, yeah, me neither. I hadn't heard of it, um, but before today, and I thought it was just yeah. sort of really moldy cheese. You know, should I really be right. eating that? Um, but it's but beyond uh, blue. <laughs> exactly, it's <laughs> black cheese. Yeah, um, it's yeah. absolutely delicious. If 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 our listeners and you ever get your hands on it, I really recommend it. If you like sort of a creamy, um, and when I say creamy, I don't mean sort of like camembert or brie. Uh, it's kind of mm. still cheddar like, but it's sort of more yeah. Uh, creamy. Yeah, for that interesting. Better word. interesting. Yeah. So I will have to try some. And charcoal, charcoal, uh, the uh, the ingredient in it is meant to be good for digestion. So. Um, I, I guess that's not a bad little uh, uh, point to, uh, you know, the, the colouring could help you digest the thing. That's right. For, for those of you yeah. who are lactose intolerant or feel sort of bloatedness, uh, that the charcoal yeah. is meant to combat the effects of that. Beautiful. Right. Well, if we think about if we think about um, what foods they're annoying, I'm sure this has crossed your mind a bit in that studio, um, do we like to have that keep us warm? Um, maybe one of the first, what are the first things that you think of? When I think of warm food. Food, food that's going to warm you up, yeah. Oh. Food or drink. Oh, I think of congee. 
congee really warm. Okay. Yeah, I suppose that's not really Christmassy. Are you talking? No, no, no. But it's but it's but it's interesting because yeah, congee is year round, and uh, on a, on a cold day, especially domestic food. Um, I know my, my my wife, who's Chinese, does like a bowl of congee in the in the winter time. Uh, but it's funny, isn't it? Because a lot of people eat it on, um, on a in hot summer's day in Hong Kong. Summer's day. Yeah, also, <laughs> yeah. also, yeah. So uh, and different, different ingredients. Bold fan as well. What do you call that? Oh yeah, clay, clay pot, pot, clay pot rice. Yeah, that now that, 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 those are actually on the decline. Very sadly, that used to be one of my favourite foods in Hong Kong. And um, when I worked at a newspaper in Kowloon, um, the uh, the streets around there. Uh, in the evening time, would put tables out on the streets, and just there'd be this this beautiful smell of the bodai fan um, coming coming out of people lifting the lids on those clay pots with the uh, um, yeah with pouring in. You could hear the crackle of soy sauce being being poured over the clay pots as the as the uh, lid was lifted with the chicken and the and the air dried sausage and uh, all of these other really warming. Uh, uh, aspects very fatty foods actually. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot of a lot of different types of air dried sausage, including the blood sausage, um, were, were usually in there. But um, but yeah, I haven't had one of those for years actually. Have you? No, I haven't had it in a long time. Gosh, no, I think that's back. yeah, we, we, but um, probably because there's not a lot sort of a lot of places where you, it's still a few. I mean, I, I'm in Kennedy Town. There are a few places where you can. I say oh, a there. few, probably one. Um, what about for you? What what sort of warming for you? What what sorts of food do you think of when when you well, think of actually? Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, when I think about for local food, it's going to be hot pot really, which Cantonese hot pot, which um, I mean, we we have. A, uh, a little kind of table-sized cooker, which uh, which gets dusted off around about this time every year uh, for for a few months, you know, going through the Chinese New Year period, and uh, it's something that uh, um, I mean, in normal times, that where people can uh, huddle around a table together, it's one of those really great communal uh, things to eat. Of course, there are restaurants in Hong Kong, uh, as as many of us will know. Who um, who serve amazingly serve hot pots all year round, which I find, you know, pretty incredible given that the winter here is almost over in a blink of an eye. Which is, um, but but there are there are restaurants that manage to go through the summer, cranking up their aircon a bit like your studio, and um, and, and just <laughs> and just uh, to make people feel, you know, sort of that it's nice to be huddled around a bubbling pot in the middle of a table. In case the listener isn't familiar with it that will have um, all kinds of raw ingredients put around in small dishes with, uh, um, with either tongs or a, uh, like a wire net on the end of a, of a steel stick that you dip in to, uh, to, a, to, a broth, uh, to a broth of your choice, either in a restaurant or that you might make up at home um, with either fish stock or chicken stock. Some people do have it with a red meat. Um, for, me, that's, for, for, for me, when I think of cool weather, um, that, that, that brief winter that we have in Hong Kong, um, it's, it, hot pot usually comes to mind. It's something, it also seems a lot healthier to me in some ways, especially if you do have it at home or if you're in a restaurant where you can see that the ingredients haven't been marinated, that likely haven't been marinated in too much of a kind of artificial flavoured um, marinade or something. Um, you can, you know, in, in many restaurants or at home, you can choose, you can set out your own your own dips as you go. So you can dip um, once once you've cooked a bit of meat on the end of a skewer or a vegetable. Vegetarians 
um, often enjoy all sorts of dried tofu um, and uh, and and vegetables and mock meats as well. It's something that um, that I think my uh, my my son, my kid, has enjoyed from a young age because it's interactive as well. So it's uh, I could go on about hot pots for for a bit too long. Yeah, I'll probably gonna, stop there. Not at all. You're, You're making it. me really hungry. I was just trying. It just takes me back to the weirdest. Well, not weirdest, but the most interesting hot pot I've ever had was in Australia when I had to oh. sort of had a, uh, yeah because I was <laughs> cooking for the in-laws to try and impress them. But then yeah. it, it, for, for Christmas a few years ago, and I try to get sort of more local Hong Kong Chinese ingredients, you know, um, fish balls and whatnot. And it was so you know. You can't, oh, really right. get, you can't really get that from the supermarket there. And I suppose the Asian supermarkets, yeah. well, they didn't have them in, in the place I was in, Armadale. So I was a bit sort of um, stuck. So I had to improvise. And in the end, Did I... Did you make some? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, in the end, I think I got some kangaroo meat. Um, and we had sort of, and so, and I sliced it really thinly uh, to to make okay. it to make it sort of like the the thin sliced <laughs> beef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to add oh, some yeah, variety. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Ah, that's 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 that that quite a good idea. Yeah, because um, the the meat that is served in hot pot is incredibly thin, isn't it? It's um, yeah, it, I mean, it's really le- almost less than a millimeter um, thin. Exactly, and, not um, your usual rump steak. No, 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 no. It's and but and it's done in seconds, isn't it? The moment it hits the uh, the broth, it's done, and it's. Um, a bit, a bit like um, the Vietnamese pho beef that you get in those uh, Vietnamese noodles as well, rice noodles. Exactly. Which um, you know, and, and yeah. it worked quite well yeah. because um, because I don't know if you've tried kangaroo meat before. It's kind of very I game. Have. It's very gamey, mm. and it's got that sort of uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can't really describe it. Yeah. So when you have a big chunk of it, it's sort of too too much, too strong. But when you've got a thin slice okay. of it, it actually tastes better. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Right. It's it, and yeah, I mean it is gamey and um, and it lends itself quite well to barbecuing. I think because you get the the gaminess and the charredness of a barbecue for kangaroo meat goes pretty well. Yeah, I can't imagine it with uh, thinly sliced. Um, but that was a great improvisation there in a hot pot. Um, I thought you were going to say that you that you kind of minced some and and got a bit of flour and egg or something and made some uh, rubles for your uh, for your hot pot <laughs> instead of shrimp balls or pork balls. But uh, maybe next time, Nori. Next time you're there in the winter. <laughs> food for thought there but it's uh um i mean there, there are there are there are around hong kong um or things that people can do at home um also um usually in some other types of cuisine hot pots also japanese shabu shabu quite well known um uh, originally uh based on a beef stock but now all kinds of uh um meat and stock can be used with uh um with uh the, the the really delicate broth of dashi, which is made with uh, kelp, and um, you know more the, more of those sort of uh, d- definitely Japanese tasting ingredients. And shabu shabu restaurants, I think, in the last I don't know ten or so years in Hong Kong, um, do have a load of uh, vegetables, and the dips go into um, ponzu, which is like a, uh, a, a Japanese vinegar sauce, or goma, which is a uh, a sesame seed sauce um, after cooking, and uh, you know, quick dip in there before eating. Uh, and that's usually that's usually served. Difference with the Japanese one, as with Korean hot pots, often is that it's served with a bowl of uh, steamed rice while you're eating. Whereas with the uh, 
Cantonese, that's rarely the case. You'll be having uh, sort of one uh, cooked, dipped ingredient after another, dipped into a, a sauce, and then maybe throwing some noodles into the broth at the end with, with Cantonese. Do you normally do that? Sort of. Um, and sometimes I, I put a raw egg in it as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. That is something, yeah, I haven't, haven't done that for a while since I've cut down on egg for my cholesterol, Noreen. Oh, yes, of course. But I've always, I always think that um, you won't get a tummy ache from the hot pot because everything is sort of cooked, but then you might get a tummy ache from the raw egg. So that's that's my only downfall. Uh, yeah, 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 true. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I think also, I've got a feeling it's a long time ago now, but um, when there was a bit of a kind of... Um, there was a bit of salmonella possibilities with 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 eggs some years ago here. But I think people started doing that a bit less as well. That's but right. I'm not sure. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But other 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 things. I mean, just going off off food for a moment. Um, what I think of uh, back to your question originally is always mulled wine because as soon as there's a, a chill in the air. I I absolutely love a glass of mulled wine. Um, do you do you like that? Is that your kind of thing or not uh, really? Yeah, I do. It's really really nice. But I, I've only made it once ever before. So usually I just really? buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Same here. I mean, I do love a glass of it in a in a restaurant, or or you can get pre mixed stuff. But but I, I have been making my own one for many years, and I don't. Unlike uh, kombucha, when we're doing live recordings uh, sometimes i don't think have i brought in a mulled wine i can't remember but i do make it every year and really it's, it's, i can't believe it. Yeah. i've known you for so many years so many years i've deprived you deprived you of the dembina house mulled wine style which uh which is yeah i mean i i, I always uh, i mean the, the way you're meant to do it is to boil up the uh the spices people would traditionally use uh sticks of cinnamon star anise for some people uh, nutmeg and clove, cinnamon, and and you meant you meant to boil those up in a little bit of water first to uh, to extract the uh, the flavours from them before you add any wine or anything, rather than um, you know getting the wine uh, simmering and uh, and then putting spices in. If you do that, they're all going to float to the top. Just a little tip there, mm. but it's um, but it, and also um, I've taken to using honey rather than sugar, which is. Uh, even if using brown sugar, you know, slightly healthier than the refined stuff, I think the honey just gives the whole thing a softer edge. And I do always put in orange juice as well and uh, zest in some lemon skin um, and always a splash of brandy or sometimes occasionally vodka. I've missed out one spice there. Also, I also do grate in some ginger. And so when I serve it, ginger. there are lots. There are ginger yeah, in yeah, which wine. Is, wow. Yep, and that is and it is traditionally a, a European ingredient, but not a must-have. It's not one of the must-haves like clove and cinnamon and nutmeg. But um, but I but when I tried it with ginger, I really love it because it's just got that extra nice warming effect. Not too much, but just enough to detect it on the throat. It really does feel like you know you're having a a winter drink, and 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 that's kind of softened a bit by by using honey instead of sugar. So, and the funny thing, the thing that's interesting that I do enjoy about mulled wine is that it's always, almost always uh, enjoyed with something sweet, uh, you know, rather than table wine, obviously, which uh, would be paired with a savoury dish. So the usual, the usual things like no surprises, you know, uh, gingerbread or mince pies or things like that, those, those, those kind of 
combinations. That's a very British thing, probably, because um, mince pies obviously obviously are uh, a bit sort of uh, Britain-focused. But in other parts of the world where there are variations on uh, alcoholic um, spiced wine warmed up, um, for example, in Germany and Australia and in, in Alsace, which is very near the border of, uh, of, of Germany and Australia, um, Germany and Austria, rather, um, Alsace in France, they have glue vine, which is um, uh, it's not made with glue, Noreen, before you ask. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, uh, it means uh, glow wine, translated, and uh, that comes from um, the glowing hot irons that are, that are used to heat it up, it, or that used to be back in the 15th century when it was first invented by a German nobleman who used the uh, Riesling uh, grapes. So it was a so it's a white mulled wine for like using Riesling wine, which is different from the mulled wine that would be had in Britain and in many other places where you have a warm spiced wine. It's usually red wine that's used. So in Germany and Austria and in Alsace, they use white wine. Um, and yeah, and, and and they also add vanilla pods oh. quite often um, and aniseed. So there are different, there are a few different little spices in there, which makes it interesting. And all around Europe, which has a, you know, being a being a cold place with with uh, centuries of, of of history and centuries of winemaking, they have tended to add their own unique ingredients. So um, in Scandinavia, something called glog, which is uh, a great name for their version of mulled wine. Um, you know, all of those countries, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, it, it goes all the way up to uh, neighbouring Estonia, which is. Uh, which also has a has the same kind of uh, words for um, for mulled wine glog. Um, um, it's uh, it use they they use um, cardamom, uh, also ginger, cloves, uh, and um, their own their own type of vodka and aqu- aquavit, which are very strong spirits thrown in with some wine. Right, so I, I feel um, inspired. I think this year I might give it a crack and try to make some oh, you should. Some Chinese mulled wine. And instead of using cinnamon or sort of Western spices, well, I don't know what cinnamon, yeah, mm. I might add some Chinese five spice to make it sort of like a Chinese mulled wine. You know, I don't know. You know, you know that, Can you, that, that is a that, really good idea. That might That is work. a really good idea. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what other spices I could use. That sort of Chinese uh, cumin, is a bit. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's, that's rather Middle Eastern as well. It, it it is a bit, and 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 weirdly, it's used in um, in some of those um, Scandinavian countries. Not sure why. Maybe they just thought it would go well with with their mix. But but it's um yeah. I mean, I I, I, I just googled it. Somebody's done it. Chinese five really? spice mold wine recipe in two thousand and eleven. Uh, okay. Oh. All right. Oh, well, you've been pipped. You've been pipped to the post, but but I, but I bet you, in fact, that people may have experimented with all kinds of uh, different uh, spices. But also, um, it, it, one one year, uh, because I ran out of uh, uh, brandy and uh, port and other fortified wines that I wanted to pour into my mulled wine mix at that particular moment, I used. Um, uh, Shaoxing wine, the, uh, um, the 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 Chinese sweet wine, which is <laughs> which is which is eight, yeah, and it's eighteen percent proof, which is uh, um, which is about three percent more than port uh, or sherry, and um, and you know once it's in the mix with all of these things, you couldn't really detect it, but it was interesting just knowing that it was in there. You know, sometimes when there's a small proportion of something, it's more just to sort of 
you might not really detect it in a big way, but it, but you know it's in there, and that's kind of a nice feeling to know that you've used a local-ish ingredient. I'm really um, glad for all this inspiration. Andrew, I, I do want to ask you very quickly, are you able to stay on a, a little bit longer after the 2.30 news? Because we're just almost coming up to the news now. I see we are, and yes, I can. Brilliant. I'm so pleased. And for, for our listeners, feel free to, to weigh in if you have any sort of special Christmas recipes or recipes to warm you up. Feel free to get in touch with us. The email address is 123show at rthk.hk. And HK. Right. Many thanks uh, to Anne-Marie for the news and welcome back to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. And Andrew Dembina joins us this afternoon. Andrew Dembina, our food and drinks reporter. Um, Right. So we were talking about mulled wine and and adding some sort of Chinese characteristics or suppose any characteristics, depending on, you know, what tickles your fancy. I suppose if you feel you've got a Japanese theme, you can add some dashi or, you know, a a dash of miso in it. I, I don't know. Well. Funny you, should, funny you should mention Japanese. That's one, that, that's one of the others that I was going to mention. Um, in, in Japan, there's something called uh, kan sake, and uh, that means heated sake. Um, which and not is, sake uh, in a can. Where, where... <laughs> no, no not can. No, no, with a K, but you wouldn't have known that. Yeah, <laughs> a can of sake. Yeah, a can of sake. You put it in a saucepan with boiling water. No, it's not really like that. Um, so no, just heat. But heated sake um, can is made sometimes flavoured with ginger and sugar, um, and it's a similar sort of uh, idea um, of, of sweetening a uh, rice wine rather than a grape wine, and it goes dates back to, uh, centuries as well. Um, so that's that is another one I came across. There are so many. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through them all. But another interesting, just a couple more in. Um, in France, van chaud, uh, meaning hot wine, uh, consists of uh, of a kind of uh, a modest table table wine um, with simply with sugar, cinnamon, and lemon, and they don't have too much sugar. It's not kept too sweet, so it's got more of an acid, uh, citric acid edge from the lemon. They don't mix it with all of those other ones, you know, clove and all the nutmeg and all the rest of them. They keep it simple. And um, lastly. The, in the south, south and southeast of uh, Brazil, Vinho Quente, also meaning hot wine, um, is typically made with uh, uh, cachaca, cachaca, which is um, the uh, it's the sugarcane spirit um, that uh, the national spirit of uh, Brazil, and they also put in cinnamon sticks and cloves, and it's part of a winter festival that's uh, that's that they celebrate there during yeah during the winter time, so. That's uh, their their winter time being being our summer actually. Uh, their their winter time is in June, so food it's for thought. And, and I suppose people have yeah. got you know a, a baking kind of took the world by storm during COVID. Well, we're still <laughs> experiencing COVID right now. Who knows? Maybe maybe making your own mold wine will be the, the 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 new thing this Christmas. It could it could be yeah. And you know um, uh, on the same theme if. Uh, if I if I if I just continue a little a little longer on something, Doreen, if I may. Sure. Um, uh, it's so hot toddies. You've probably heard of those, yeah. Yes. Which, yeah. I mean, it's it, they they were thought, uh, and I'm thinking in uh, in the British Isles again, where that phrase um, originated. Explain to, be to something our listeners that, who, uh, who may not know what a hot toddy is. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, it's it's a um, it's usually a, a spirit that started off being mostly whiskey, sometimes brandy, uh, put into a glass with a squeeze of lemon and a, a teaspoon of sugar. Uh, the rest is topped up with hot water, and it was seen to be. The funny thing is, it was seen to be more of a tonic um, for something. If somebody had a cold or the flu, um, it was it was often uh, found in medical uh, journals and uh, books of. Uh, in in Victorian times, two three hundred years ago, um, to get through a cold, it would be prescribed that people go to bed and have one of these hot toddies, which is um, the vitamin C content can't be argued with in the squeezed lemon, and the the sugar could also energise people in the way that um, when I grew up, Lucozade was a popular drink for its sugar and uh, and and glucose to give you more energy. Um, but um, but the alcohol um, was uh, was also meant to improve the circulation. So um, a traditional um, one, which really came from Scotland, um, was exactly um, uh, it was was even avoiding the lemon completely and just going for whiskey, bored water, and sugar or honey. So they didn't even go for the uh, um, the, the the kind of vitamin C boost on top of that. So it's it's interesting that that was something that was around, but no longer do you get a doctor, a GP, if you've got a cold or a flu, saying, well, you know what you want to do? Just uh, have you got any whiskey at home? You know, it's not, it's not going to happen today, is it? Um, and uh, these days, actually, the American Lung Association, for one, recommends avoiding treating the common cold with any alcoholic beverages, as this could call dehydration. This is what they say on their website. I was just looking to see if there was any evidence that today's take on it and that was from uh, from the american lung association i mean other other wintry drinks that are laced with alcohol of course you know many of us will have heard of uh, irish coffee so coffee um with 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 whiskey sugar and some uh, whipped cream floating on the top a nice kind of wintry uh drink that was uh, invented in the 1940s um there are many different variations of that today including using different spirits rather than whiskey and that's, that's that's a pretty nice thing to have on a on a cool day as well if you uh, you know if you're having a a, a a leisurely meal to end a meal with an irish coffee wow um, or I, you can... i'm just looking at the facebook page right now and and bless angie man who by the way is is our studio producer today at the broadcasting house uh, she adds mm. a recipe she says squeeze the ginger and get juice from it and boil the milk to 70 to 80 degrees hot um, and add white sugar around one minute. Then pull the milk, then, then pour the milk into a bowl with ginger juice and stir immediately and cover it with a lid, letting it sit for a minute. It will turn into ginger milk pudding and it tastes fantastic in cold days. Wow. Ooh. That sounds that's like, thanks, Angie. Uh, yeah, that actually. Can, can I just ask good, Angie I? over here if she can turn on her mic and join us for a three-way? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Angie, can can you hear us? I'm sure you can. Yes, can you hear me? Brilliant. Wow, welcome to the future. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Angie Mann, who's studio producing in Broadcast oh, Drive. I'm afraid I can't hear you. Okay. Um, if you can pop on the headphones. Yes, yes, I'm here. Brilliant. I can hear you. And you can hear us now. I was just saying, Angie, this is brilliant. You're joining us all the way from Kowloon Tong. Andrew, on My one pleasure. of the outline outlying islands and myself in Admiralty. Tell us about your recipe, Angie Ben. Yes, I, I like to cook this uh, during winter times. Uh, I, I like it very Don't be much. Don't shy, Angie. Yes, yes. Hello, hello, Andrew. Uh, it is very easy to cook, but the, 
the techniques or the trick is, you know, you have to really manage the milk, the heat of the milk. You have to either you use temperature, but I won't use my experience. So I just you know usually cook the milk for one minute, and then see if the the, the heat you can see the the smoke or the the the, the heat from the from the milk, and then I just you know I think around one minute or less than one minute. You have to really um, get experience and get the one minute right. I get the seventy to eighty degrees of heat right, and then. Pour the milk into the ginger soup juice and stir it immediately. Then you can have the pudding. Otherwise, just like a ginger milk, if you don't do it successfully, <laughs> that's the trick. You have to. Or either way, you know, if you like ginger milk, it is also okay. But it is good to have a ginger pudding that tastes fantastic. Wow, that's excellent, Angie. Andrew, are you are you a fan of the ginger milk pudding in Chinese? It's in Cantonese. It's gong zhap zhong lai. Yeah, zhong lai. Thanks. I am. I am. I, I, I and I hadn't had it or thought about it for years before you uh, told us about the message that uh, that Angie passed to you. Exactly, and you know when you were telling us when you were WhatsApping me about today's um, topic, we were talking about foods that will warm us up, and I was saying how I wanted a sushi, and I'm so glad I didn't buy sushi because little did I know oh. the studio was so cold. And your memory was of of how warm our sushi outing one time was with with Angie Mann, and here she is joining us live. Amazing, amazing! amazing. It was like a yes. prediction, wasn't it? That yes. WhatsApp conversation earlier this morning, and there is the trio. That sat in a certain well-known sushi chain restaurant in Lok Fu, uh, enjoying sushi a few years ago when we all worked together. Yeah, I missed those it's, days. <laughs> it, it was a premonition. Um, by the way, sorry to sorry just to interrupt this, but one other thing that I wanted to mention, you know, when Angie mentioned this about the uh, the milk pudding, it reminds me that I wanted to mention that not all of the mulled uh, drinks need to have alcohol. They all work very well by using certain fruit juices without putting alcohol in there. There is without doubt um, uh, an effect that uh, somebody, that everyone gets by drinking alcohol, which is a warming sensation, but the actual spices have a warming effect too. And for those who don't drink alcohol, you can use various fruit juices as a base and use all of those other spices that we've mentioned, honey, lemon, um, uh, with, with ginger, nutmeg, cinnamon, clove, star anise, and you can use all of those, and it will still be a really nice warming drink, um, which, um, which does not have to have alcohol in it. I'm, I'm just thinking about the fact that mulled wine without alcohol or hot toddy without alcohol, well, but um, I suppose fact, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that <laughs> as an option, definitely. Yeah, the fact, I mean, the fact is that, that um, I mean, and I know this only too well because my other half, Mrs. D, does not drink alcohol. So if I'm, like and, I, and I do like to make um, mulled wine, so I have experimented, and I know that they're on, on lists in bars around town also. There are, you know, variations without the uh, boozy element. So, uh, so, so also worth experimenting with. Um, yeah. I think um, I, I think that 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 kind of takes me about as far as I was going to go with uh, with spicy drinks. 
Um, I, I, I was going to mention something else about food. I can go for it. Yes, we, we have. Yeah. yeah, we have about fifteen minutes before the news, Andrew. It's such a happy trio. We've had the contribution from Angie. Feel free yeah, to continue, brilliant. and feel free, Angie, okay. to continue to join us if anything pops into your head, and for our listeners as well. Uh, hot Indeed. food and yes. warming food for for this season. Right, Andrew. From drinks to food, what have you got for us this week? Well, back. I mean, it's again. It's still on the same kind of topic of what is warming and what is not. So, um, another thing that we might think of automatically is, is Sichuan food. Um, I mean, also while while we mentioned hot pots earlier on, uh, okay, we mentioned Japanese and Korean as well as Cantonese, but there's also the very spicy Sichuanese hot pot, which uh, is um, uh, as I think I've spoken to you about this before, if not on air. Noreen, personally, but with the with with chilies and red red pepper, I think you've tried that. Haven't you? Oh, I can feel my I can feel my mouth sort of watering already just thinking about those spices, and I prefer it without such a numbing element because I find sometimes the yeah. numbing element of Sichuan food can can hin- not hinder can can mask my enjoyment um, of the spices. Yeah. So, I agree, I agree. Yeah. It, it's 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 a tingling sensation which comes from the red pepper. Um, just for anyone who hasn't tried it, it's um, most people in Hong Kong have been here for a while probably have, but it's um, but it is the uh, the red pepper which is called Hua Jiao, which means um, uh, flower pepper. Actually, adds a specific kind of dimension that you just mentioned, where you get a tingling around the lips or the inside of the mouth, and yeah, it is a bit of a distraction from some of the other ingredients or or real flavour profiles, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, because it brings this sort of slight numbness, um, which uh, is unlike other peppercorns, you know, black or white peppercorns that, that we're otherwise used to. But um, I did actually uh, ask a nutritionist, uh, Miles Price, who's based in Hong Kong, whether um, chili um, does warm you up. And his answer was that it, uh, that it does um, encourage the warming of the body and stimulates the body's metabolism. Um, but he couldn't really say whether it had a long-lasting effect. He said it depends on the individual, that it's thyroid gland-specific, um, that, it, that it's, it's mostly a temporary feeling for people, and how long it might last is purely down to the individual, and the, uh, the activity of your thyroid, apparently, Noreen. But it's... Um, <laughs> so uh, Yeah. Um, and uh, it's... I asked him as well if uh, having a few drinks of any kind, whether it's uh, mould or otherwise, in a cold climate um, does um, make people warmer um, or is it just, um, you know, the the impression of that from the alcohol that we all know might kind of warm our faces even in the summer. Um, And he said to that, uh, it does have an actual warming effect for a while, um, uh, but uh, too much... Uh, if people get carried away with this and uh, and drink too much alcohol and they feel that they're getting warm, it can have an adverse effect. Maybe we might sort of know this, some of us already, but it's uh, that you can uh, fool your body into thinking that you are warm and this can uh, help us to catch a cold because we don't realise how cold we are um, uh, or it can, in extreme cases, accelerate... Uh, towards hypothermia if people were really doing a big old drinking session in a place that's a lot colder than than hong kong probably they they might not realize um you know the zero or sub-zero temperatures that are around them and that can be quite dangerous uh, but uh, uh, i was gonna say are you, are you a big fan of sichuan food 
Um, I used to be uh, a big, big fan of it, in fact, but um, but I have uh, become a little more kind of sensitive towards uh, mm-hmm. spicy food, I've got to say, which is a shame, and that applies to um, South Asian food as well, which I used to eat on a more regular basis. Yeah, what um, about you, Angie? So I- Are you a fan of uh, Sichuan food? No, I'm not. Usually I got a feeling that if you have too spicy food, it would make you stomach. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really try it so so spicy. But you, when you're talking about some cold food in wintertime, I must say I like sweet potatoes, particularly outside the MTR station. Then you'll find them, you get the smell from them. Oh, you can't, you know. Resist it. Resist it. Yeah. And also um, another good food, also from maybe the same um uh, sweet potato stores that you can have is the chestnuts. chestnuts it's yeah. like my family food. Whenever we are going out, we think of my mother or my sisters, then I will buy a bunch of them and then share in the family. So it's really, you know, very warm food for, for our family. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a real collective memory. Those people sort of roasting the chestnuts outside of yeah MTR stations or just on the streets. Yes. Um, yeah. Right, Andrew? Well, I mean, that's ch- chestnuts. It's funny, when I first saw chestnuts and tasted them in Hong Kong, that was such a nice, warming experience. I loved the smell of them on the streets, and it reminded me that I did enjoy occasionally eating those in London and uh, the UK when I lived there before Hong Kong as well. And it was a real surprise to see those being, uh, being treated in exactly the same way, cooked over charcoal uh, on the streets. Um, and uh, I guess we don't really see any of that anymore because all those licenses have been lost, haven't they? So it's, uh, they, uh, they haven't been renewed mm-hmm. for, um, for safety reasons. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's a taste that I, that I do like. Um, you know, uh, also, before today, I checked with uh, a, um, a, an Indian chef, Mr. Uh, Devi Singh, the head chef of uh, Bombay Dreams in Central, about his opinion on whether the spices in Indian food can uh, keep people warm in winter or in cooler times. Um, And he said that uh, a number of spices, it's believed, uh, he's always been brought up believing, can keep you warm in winter in food. And uh, if if people include um, cumin, clove, cinnamon, bay leaf, and uh, black pepper and nutmeg, it's certainly believed in traditional Indian cuisine, he says that those do have a lasting warming effect uh, in the bloodstream and on the body in general. So I I look at it two ways. Sometimes I feel like having a curry will warm me up for sure. But actually Mm. what it does is it can also make you sweat. And the sweating mechanism actually helps with you cooling down. So it actually helps you Mm. release the heat a little bit because of the evaporation and then the blood will move away from your core. So I'm of two minds of whether the curry will actually keep you warm or keep you cool, if that makes sense. Well... That's, uh, that is a great point because, and he commented on this, um, on, on the possibility of sweating. He, he actually said not all of the spices that he mentioned, that I just mentioned earlier, are that hot. Most of them have a strong flavor, like nutmeg, um, which, is, which are the seeds of mace. And um, they're just mildly spicy, not too spicy. And, um, and he said that, uh, that he was brought up to believe that spices... Um, used in moderation, and those ones mentioned cumin seeds, cloves, cinnamon, bay leaf, 
um, can warm the body instead of making you sweat um, when, when you will then uh, feel cooler. So that's so that's it's funny uh, you 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 mentioned that uh, just as I was uh, going to going to make the comment that he made it's it's about moderation. Great minds um, think alike. Oh, very interesting. Mm, good to Indeed. know. Yeah, good to yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, it just one other thing that he that he mentioned was the Rogan Josh, um, the classic braised lamb with spiced dish, um, is uh, you know very very popular in northern India uh, in their in their winter time. It's that that is the one of the kind of signature dishes of India, even though it is from the north of the country mostly, where it is where it is cooler than the south, um, which is eaten and enjoyed to keep a family warm, or that people will go to a restaurant for to 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 give them a real warmth because the lamb meat itself is thought to be warming, um, but also the green cardamom and the other spices that are used that uh, penetrate the meat through the slow cooking process is meant to be uh, really uh, have a, a long-lasting warming effect, mm. which sounds, sounds pretty nice. Actually, all this is, um, I really welcome all these suggestions. <laughs> Since it's so cold in the studio, I might have to really grab myself a curry later for dinner. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what, your point about uh, sweating and then cooling down quickly... So that would apply to things I, I, I believe like tom yum soup, the very spicy Thai soup or other yeah. um, dishes that will make you sweat because um, of, uh, I think, you know, then, then some of us will have experienced that before. If you're literally sweating on the brow or even underneath your clothes, you're not going to be feeling too warm when you leave that restaurant or if you have to go outside uh, if you're not just eating at home. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's short-lived heat. And if you recall, Andrew, um, our great friend here, a Angie, also is a big fan of Thai food. Yes, I am. <laughs> I like a big Tom fan Yang of Thai food. Yeah, yeah I like Tom well, I think uh, I think she's a, she's a, she's a big fan of uh, Japanese food. Uh, I would think she, she's probably she probably she should have. Uh, yeah, I mean, I bet I bet she's got some uh, Japanese warming foods beyond shabu shabu to mention, haven't you, Angie? I like steam eggs. Not during the winter time. It really, really tastes good. Just a small bowl and with you no know, some seafood underneath, maybe scallops, maybe shrimps. It tastes so good. Yeah. Wow. It's making wow. All these suggestion guys. And then easy to cook. Yeah. Did you? You said that you didn't get your sushi at lunchtime, Noreen. Did you have something, or are you just sitting there feeling really hungry now? I'm sitting here feeling really hungry. <laughs> I had a bit of cheese I earlier. Too. That was it. And Angie oh, yeah. as well. Oh. Charcoal cheese. Exactly. Right, Andrew, I think this brings us to, to, to the end of the segment. Yeah. Um, and on behalf of our listeners, I'd like to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And thank you so much for um, all your contribution uh, for Food and Drinks Happenings. And uh, I'll speak to you after Christmas uh, next week on, on Tuesday. Thank you. And to you and Angie and, of course, the listeners and the rest of the Radio 3 team. Yeah, Merry there. Christmas to you, Andrew. Thank you very much. And cheers, Angie. And, cheers. Um, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for, for joining us. And for our listeners, you can keep tuning in. We've got six minutes before the three o'clock news. And here's BTS with Life Goes On. Hey.